Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. <clears throat> Begin reading with verse 12. Hebrews three twelve. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers, or we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation or in the time of the wilderness. The book of Hebrews is an epistle of warning. The purpose of the book is to give five warnings. As you, if you've read this book, then surely you've noticed these warnings. The first one comes in chapter 2 and verse 1. Chapter 2 and verse 1. He talks about drifting. Drifting. He says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And this is a word that means to be carried away by the waves. It's a, it's a word that has to do with a boat and it being carried out in the waves. He said, The word that you've heard, he said, Take heed, lest at any time it should slip away. There's a warning of drifting. And then here in the third chapter, there's a warning of disbelieving, disbelieving the Lord. And then over to the fifth chapter and verse 11, here's another great warning. Degenerating, he talks about in verse 11, chapter 5, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. And he goes on to say that we need to discern between good and evil, lest we degenerate, begin to go backward instead of forward in the Christian experience. And so there is drifting, there is disbelieving, and degenerating over to the 10th chapter of the same book. And verse 26, there is despising. As you read from 26 to 31, there comes a despising. It says in verse 26, If we sin willfully after that we, we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which should devour the adversaries. And then he goes on to say that the Lord will judge his people. And he says there's a danger of despising the very truth that God is giving and then over to the twelfth chapter of this same book. And down in verse 25, he talks about a departing, a departure from the living God. In verse 25, See that you refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escaped not which refuse him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. And he goes on to tell uh, in that passage that there is 
a danger of full departure away from the living God, an apostasy that shall take place among many professing Christians. The drift away from the word of God in chapter 2, the hardening of the heart in chapter 3, and then the dullness of hearing that calls a degenerating and then a lack of appreciation for the cross of Christ, and then finally a departure from the living God. These are the warnings in this book of Hebrews. We couldn't possibly look at all of them this morning. I want to look at one of them in the third chapter here that we read. Here is one of the warnings I want us to look at this morning. In chapter 3 and verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Then he talks about how that comes. He says, Exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So there is a danger of departing from the living God. Now, what he's warning Christians about is this. One of the most tragic and undeniable facts is that many who start out in the Christian life and they make a profession and they start, but they never finish. They never finish. They never make it down to the end of the journey. They have an attachment to Jesus Christ, but they never follow through with their profession. And so this is what he's talking about. There are many examples along life's way of this. Many examples given in the Scriptures that many who seem to begin the Christian race and even for a time they set the pace for others and then they fall by the wayside. And that attachment to Christ becomes even a thing of despising Him and turning from Him. I want you to turn to John chapter 6. John's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 66. And look at this. John 6, verse 66. After Jesus gave that great message on the bread of life in chapter 6, and then he made the application and said, I am the bread of life. And he said, you must eat of me or partake of him in order to be saved. And then many could not take uh, that. And he says in verse 66, And from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. His professing disciples, many of them professing to be disciples, but they went back and walked with him no more. And then... Paul, in writing to Timothy, in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 4 and verse 10. 2 Timothy, chapter 4 and verse 10. He talks about some who had been with him on the missionary journey. In verse 10, he says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed into Thessalonica and Cretus to Galatia and Titus unto Del Monte. A necessity of a true profession of Jesus Christ is demanded in Scripture. 
Back to the Gospel of John, chapter 8 and verse 31. This one is familiar to you. I want us to look at it again this morning. Chapter 8 and verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Now note that. Those Jews which believed on him, they professed to know him. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And so he's making the point, although that many begin, that some do not finish. You must carry through with a profession that one makes. The profession, as we make profession, that is not the salvation. The profession of it, we are confessing that we do have it. But there is the Christian life and walking in it, the profession that we make. And so this is the point he's making here. Now, the Bible gives us certainty concerning those uh, that come truly to salvation. For the Bible says that they shall finish. He says, God who began a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's a certainty, but that doesn't do away with the fact that we must, we must finish too. So there is a necessity of it and the certainty of it, and both are set forth clearly in Scripture and equally revealed in the Word of God. He says, though we make profession and we have the certainty of it, he says, those that have the certainty will continue in it. They will continue in it. And so both of these truths is set forth and surely here in this letter that you see. I'm talking about the preservation of believers. And I'm talking about the perseverance of believers. Uh, keeping on. Keeping on. You know, as you weigh out the facts of your profession and you think about it, my friend... This morning, in the light of all that you've heard this week, in the light of the Word of God, in the light of the power of the Lord that was felt in those services, and is still here this morning, my friends, search out your profession, whether it be real or not. It never hurts the real to check their foundation, never. Never. It does us good. It does us good as we come under the light of the Word of God. And it may be this morning that you need to weigh out your profession and see if it's real. Now, back to the third chapter here of Hebrews. Well, that's what he's doing in this passage as he writes to believers. He gives a warning. He gives the means, and he gives a promise. He gives a warning first, and then he gives the means prescribed, and then the promise is given. The book of Hebrews is a closely reasoned book, book, and it's centered around these five warnings that I've read to you. And they're solemn warnings. The people who had received this letter of Hebrews had come out of a profession of 
Hebrewism, Judaism, and they turned their backs upon the temple and upon all of the sacrifices there. And they had made a profession of Christ and they said they were going to follow him. But they were turning back. There's a danger of turning back. Some were turning, others were going on. But some were turning back. And I believe Paul is warning here about this. And he says, take heed, brethren. See, he's writing to believers. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And so he's saying, uh, now that you've turned away from all of this religion and rituals and everything that has to do back there and you have your eyes upon Christ, you can't turn away from Christ. To whom can you go if you turn away from Christ? Where are you going if you turn away from Christ? If you turn away from God's Word, where will you go to? There is no other authority but God's Word. God's Word is the last court of appeal. It's the final authority. And so these people had come a pretty far piece away from the old Judaism and some were still walking on, but others had gone back to the old temple worship after coming up to Christ and looking at what Christ had done for them. And Paul goes on in the 10th chapter, we read it to you, that he, he said if you keep on like you're going, you're going to trod through the blood of Christ. You're going to walk right through the blood. You know, we either have the blood on our heart or on our feet. It's either been applied to the heart or we walk through it today. And that's a solemn note. Note the object of the warning here. He says, brethren. He says, in any of you. In any of you. The solemn warnings of Holy Scripture is lightly taken by many. My friend, as you read the solemn warnings of Scripture, let's not take them lightly. Let's walk in the light of them. The warning here is for every professing Christian in particular. We'd better take heed to what God is saying and what He has said. For He says, Brethren, brethren, look at chapter 3 and verse 1. Chapter 3 and verse 1. Here he says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Consider him. Consider him. And he is talking to believers. Now it's only the fools and the careless and the presumptuous that would take lightly Holy Scripture. They would take it lightly. What's the nature of this warning? He says, take heed. Take heed. It's a form of a verb that means to be constantly taking heed. It means to be uh, continually taking heed. Every time you come to the book, you're taking heed. And you're not depending upon some kind of profession you made back there, but you're moving in the light of that profession as you walk in the Lord, as you walk for Him. 
And so, beware of any type of salvation that's set forth that does not include watchfulness. Beware of that. It's dangerous. Beware of that. It's dangerous. That many that, that are proclaiming the day is this, that you make some kind of profession and that's the end of it. And that, that's all that's the beginning of it. That's the beginning of it. Not the end of it. You leave it, yes. You leave it, yes. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank The salvation of the Bible is beyond that. As you move in the light of the truth of it, and walk before the Lord. As you read the book, you walk in the light. My friend, he says, take heed. Take heed. He says, he's continually taking heed. You know, even lost people, you can't fool them on this. They believe that salvation is more than just your profession. Well, they'll look at your life and they'll say, now, if that person's a Christian, I don't want to be one. Or if he's a Christian, I really want to be one like he is or she is. A man said to me, as he gave testimony concerning one of the ladies here in the church, and he said, on the job over there, he said, I worked around her, and he said, she's a godly witness. She's a godly witness, he said. And this testimony came forward. Now that's the kind that we must have. A day in and a day out. Not only at church. At church truly, yes. But every moment. As we walk with the Lord. So this is the nature of the one. He said, take heed. Be continually taking heed. Somebody said watchfulness is not necessary. Beware of any influence in your life that leads you away from the fact that you must watch. Our Lord said to watch. He said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. And then the substance of this warning. He said that you might be delivered from two things. First, an evil heart of unbelief. And then he said, a full departure from the living God. A departure from the living God. The first evil is this, to be avoided, that you, that you might not have an evil heart of unbelief. You know, if you, if you profess to believe truth and you don't move in the light of it, then it is that your heart becomes hardened to it. Your heart becomes hardened to it. Let me give you an example of that. If you've talked to anybody that's moving in the rim of the cults today, sometime or another, unless they just grew up in a family for the cults, they've been under the gospel of Jesus Christ somewhere along the line. They've heard the truth that salvation's in Christ. They've heard the truth that God's demands and His claims that's made upon hearts. 
but they've turned away from it. And they've gone away to deny everything that's here in this book. And their hearts have become hardened. And hardened. An evil heart of unbelief. As you listen to the gospel over and over. My friend, there is a danger of not moving in the rim of it. There is a danger. There is a great privilege as the gospel comes to your heart. A great privilege. You know, it's the mercy of God. It's the mercy and the grace of God that brings it to us. As you think of Christ going under the Calvary dying, as you think of what happened upon Calvary's hill that we preached about last Sunday, how did he die for us? There upon Calvary's hill. My friend, there is a danger too as the gospel comes if you do not move in the light of it. For God says in the Bible that there is a line. There is a time when God is dealing and moving in your heart. But if you do not move with it, then the time will come and your heart will be hardened against the truth. And you may want to move towards God then, but you cannot. You may have a little desire. And you may seek, but you won't find. You won't find. My friend, as God comes and moves in your heart, that's the time to move. That's the time. That's the season that we sing about so often. That's the season when God is moving. That's the season. When God is speaking directly to you, and you know what you ought to do, and move in the light of it. So an evil heart of unbelief, evil heart of unbelief. A saving word to immortal souls comes. And if they receive it, move in the light of it, and their heart is made to fall with God as the word comes and it lights upon them, then they take it and they walk in the light of it. And my friend, you might pray deeply in your heart that your heart not become hardened against the truth. If it does, you're, you're on dangerous ground then. You're on dangerous ground then. And then, <clears throat> I want you to note that apostasy. Or coming up to look at the truth, as he said here, a departure from the living God. A departure from the living God. Apostasy is a looking back. Turn to Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Luke nine sixty two. Note the words of the Lord. Chapter nine and verse sixty two. Here's where three men came and wanted to follow him. And his answer comes in verse sixty two. He said, Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow. And looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. He said we must move forward. He said, he said he's saying in this passage the same thing that he says in Hebrews. He said a looking back is dangerous. A looking back is dangerous. I'm thinking of a woman that was delivered out of great destruction. And how that God came with angels and 
and moved that family out. And they came out of Sodom and they got out of the city, says the Bible. But the mother in that family looked back. And looking back to the pleasures of Sodom, she turned to a pillar of salt in the days of Lot. That's one of the miracles in the Bible. And it took place. That woman turned to a pillar of salt. And looking back is dangerous. A looking back. My friend, if God has delivered you this morning, rejoice in it. And move forward in the light of it. And don't look back. There's nothing back there. There's nothing back there. We sing sometimes, there's nothing back there to go back to. And that's right. There's nothing back there in the old life that God has delivered you. And you don't want to play around with that. If you want to move in the opposite direction and follow the Lord. Looking back is dangerous. And then a drawing back is dangerous. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Hebrews 10, 38. He's still talking to Christians. He's talking about Christian profession now. Chapter 10 and verse 38. <clears throat> now the just shall live by faith. He said this four times in the Bible. And here he says, The just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. A looking back is dangerous, and a drawing back is dangerous. And then the passage I read in John 6 and verse 66, a turning back is dangerous. A turning back is dangerous. My friend, this warning is a solemn warning to God's people. He says, take heed. In chapter 3 here, in Hebrews, he says, take heed. Verse 12, that means be continually taking heed, brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, why do you say the living God? Why do you say the living God in this passage? You know, in the Old Testament, you come upon those words, the Lord of hosts and the living God or Jehovah God, and there are many, many titles given to God, at least about 90 titles given to God in the Bible. And one of them is the living God. Now what the Lord is doing in this passage is contrasting himself with all of the pagan gods and all of the dead gods and all of the idols they were serving. He said, I am the only one that's alive. I am the only one that can carry out my promises. I am the only one that can carry out my threats. I am the only one. I am the living God. You know the contest that took place yonder in Egypt when the plagues fell upon Egypt and came down upon them? Do you know what that was all about? That was God moving against the gods of Egypt. Every one of those plagues that fell, you can see that God was dealing with, with gods of Egypt. He was dealing with all of their old dead gods and their pagan gods. Now this morning, if we're going to follow the Lord, we're going to have to turn away from all of our idols and all of our dead gods. 
And some have made up their mind that they're going with the Lord and they're going to follow Him and they're going to follow through to the end of it, end of their profession. And then there's others right on the brink. And they're right there. They're at Kadesh of Barnea. Kadesh of Barnea is the gateway to the land of the kingdom. They had gone around and tracked around in the wilderness 38 years and tracked around and tracked around and finally they came up right there to the gate. You remember they came there in just a few months after they started out of Egypt. It didn't take them long to get across there right to Kadesh of Barnea ready to go into the land. It took them long, just a few months. And they stood there at the gateway of the land and they said, we better not move in yet. We better appoint some spies to go in and search out the land. Come back and give us a report whether we're able to go in or not. God had given them that land. That was unbelief. And they sent the spies in. And ten of the spies said, Why, we can't go in there. We saw giants over there. There's giants in that land. We can't go in. But two, as you remember, Caleb and Joshua stood and said, Oh yes, we can go in. God has given us this land. It's ours. and We can go in. He said, The land that you trod upon will be yours. But you know what they did? The whole nation turned back in unbelief. The whole nation turned back in unbelief. And that whole generation just tracked around and around and around and around. It wasn't far over there. But they went around in a circle. Round and around till all of them died. You know what? If you could dig up graves along that little peninsula, dig up graves, you could follow them down. The first, all the fences at night was to bury the dead. That God was killing all. And they came back to the same place 38 years later. Two men still there. Only two left. Only two. This the ones growing up, the new generation. And only two left out of the other. They came back to the very same place 38 years later and stood there. Kadesh of Barnea is testing time. Kadesh of Barnea is time of testing in one's life. Will I go in? Will I hesitate? Go back and track around, track around. Oh, my friend, God says, move forward. Move forward in faith. Follow Him. Follow Him. He'll kill off all the giants. He did in the land. He did in the land. God, God put down all the giants. Uh, there might be this morning some giant that's hovering there on your back. See, uh, if you go that route, you'll have a time. There's that particular thing in it. Hold in its grip. I'll tell you this morning. 
God and the living from all these guys. He can deliver you from And some say, I know what it is to walk in the light of Scripture. I know what it is to walk with the Lord. But this morning I'm walking afar off. I've drifted. I've let other things come in and hinder that. I've drifted from it. That's a dangerous state to be in, Sam. That's a dangerous state to be in. Oh, run to Christ today. Run to Christ today. Take heed. Take heed, brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, it doesn't start overnight, this thing I'm talking about. It doesn't start overnight. It starts slowly. It starts slowly. All backsliding. Where the partial of total begins with unbelief. Let me say it again. All backsliding. Where the total or partial begins with unbelief. If we do not move in the rim of what God has said in His Word, then we're in trouble right away. Oh, my friend, what a solemn warning. But He says that He will make us partakers. Verse 14, He gives a promise. He said, but He will make us partakers of of Christ himself. Of Christ himself. We can have him as our very own our very own today. Let's turn together. Departure from the living God is a dangerous thing because all is left is the dead gods. The dead gods. That's all is left. My friend, if you depart from the living God, then there's no one else to go to. As we bow our heads for prayer, I wonder today, God has been speaking to your heart. Maybe He's spoken to you about some providence or some other way some godly person that walks before you or his word as it comes to your heart directly and you know you know what you should do but you're hesitating you're like Lot he came up there and the Bible says that he lingered men lingering he lost some things as he lingered my friend today, salvation's in the person of Jesus Christ. You can have him be saved today and walk away from this building a saved person. And as a believer today, all oh, that you'd follow through with truth that you know in your heart, you'd follow through with it. Father, we thank you today for the word. We thank you, God, for the book of Hebrews even though it is an epistle of warning. We thank you, Lord, for the one warning that we looked at in the book. And it's written to Christians. And it's about Christian profession. God, we pray that there be reality in Christian profession, that we might follow on to know the Lord. 
And then, our Father, we do pray today for those that are lost in this building. Many have heard the gospel over and over, and they know which direction they need to go. God, we pray today you'll give them courage to walk in the light of what they know to be right, and may they come to Jesus Christ and be saved. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.